Hello and welcome to A Vague Idea. This is a comedy trivia podcast. I'm Nate Regolia. Each week, we subject our guests to a list of topics to find out if they have a vague idea. And this week, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, just the weaving of things, the the combination of things. We're talking about crossovers, and there's just honestly not a really good witty way for me to bring it up without giving away potential topic titles, so I'm not going to. But naturally, because we're talking about crossovers, we are going to have two fantastic guests. One is a returning guest. He works at an art museum, and he is also a a talented uh, photographer himself, so naturally crossovers. And this particular person's name is Eric Berkemeyer. Eric, welcome back to the show. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. It's been, uh, geez, what? It's been probably like 100 episodes or so. Yeah. It's geez, been a good long know. while. It's been I know. a lot. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to do this more often in the future. <laughs> you know, when, when doing things is back in style, because I think now it's official that like, just like seeing people is out of style. It's passe. <laughs> so we're being hip by not like spending time together. Seeing people is so 2019. Yeah, yeah, gross. Like, <laughs> when was that? That was like 10 years ago? How long ago it was 2019? Uh, <laughs> so yeah, welcome back, Eric. Thank you so much. Um, our, our second guest is a first-time guest, and I am uh, tickled to hear that he is a at least one-time listener. He is also an artist, <laughs> and so clearly the theme should not be art at all. And he's a brewmeister. Do you, do you like the term brewmeister, Jason, or is that offensive? No, not doesn't bother me at all. Great. Brewer, brewmeister. So Jason Lloyd is our guest, the brewmeister. So uh, welcome to the show. How how do you feel about Thank being you. on this podcast? What does that mean to you? Feel good. I feel like uh this could be my uh my cup of tea. I could excel or I could just uh be an awkward giggle track for you to uh clip and try to make some sense out of. Hey, both are acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> the idea that anyone's laughing at any of my jokes on this show is is pretty much the only reason I do it for. So yeah, I'll take I'll take awkward giggling. <laughs> I'll even add I my do. own. I have plenty. <laughs> Great, good, good. So okay, so we're gonna talk about crossovers, and I mean, uh, there's some common crossovers that we can think about. You know, Abbott and Costello meet the meet the Wolfman, oh, yeah. right? You got your mm-hmm. you got your Flintstones meet the Jetsons. You've got, uh, you know, your your supergroups. They're crossovers, technically, right? Audio Slave is a kind of crossover. Mm-hmm. So the thing, is, that. the thing is about crossovers, in a way, we are all crossovers made from a sensual, sifted slurry of our parents' genetic material. <laughs> Does that thought make you excited to be on the show this week? Or would you rather have reproduced asexually? I think um, like yeast budding would have been preferable. Um, <laughs> All right. Yeah. So going, going go for yeast, a, spores. Grab a that large could work. glass bowl. <laughs> Keep it at my side here. <laughs> Just kind of just kind of shake a little Jason off until there's another Jason. <laughs> Be- better then than the thought of being a crossover yourselves, I think. Is yeah. that, that, is that what we do? We don't we don't like the idea of our of our parents uh bumping it and creating us. Uh, I guess everybody does it, so why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean on one hand, it's like, hey, good for them. I'm glad they did because you know it's it's fun for us to do it. I mean, thanks to them, we got to live through this past year. Yeah, Yeah, and for that, we should really thank them. Thanks so much, Mom and Dad. (laughs) Bringing me into the world to face uh, possibly the worst economic conditions in America's history and a pandemic. (laughs) And Civil War II. So that's fun. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Great. Hey, great job. That was the opening question. The game's already started, and you both get one point. Awesome. Hooray. Isn't that exciting? All right. <laughs> We're going to go into round number one. So, Jason, I'm going to start with you. All right. Do you have a vague idea about the UTEP two-step? Ooh. Uh, sure. I believe it's an old country western dance and a uh, song by uh, Hank Williams Sr. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Sr. doesn't get a lot of play anymore. No, no. It, yeah, he made it 
for the UTEP organization. Uh, yes. <laughs> I like it. Hey, that is a great answer. That is known a great for answer. their quality country boots. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. UTEP has, they had the first steel heeled boot. Yes. Yes. They manufactured. Everybody the put steel toes well. <laughs> in, but steel heels. That's how you get that UTEP charm. That's how you shine from across the room. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Eric, the UTEP two-step. Do you have a vague idea about it? I do. The, the term UTEP two-step comes from um, the UTEP testing range in rural Utah, where in the 1950s, they tested nuclear weapons. And so it was a protocol for dropping bombs on beautiful, pristine natural landscapes and the destruction of therein. Nice. What do, could you could you remind the listeners of what steps one and two were? Um, it's more of the, the sort of aerial acrobatics for dropping the bombs by the airplane. It's it's a euphemism for for the, the aerial acrobatics required to drop these weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> yeah, because they would they would they would historically uh, pitch all the way up into a stall, which was step one, and the sure. second step was <laughs> falling directly over the drop site and opening the doors. Yeah, I, I remember that. That's that's a little morsel of history that's very important. Uh, great job, you're both completely wrong. The UTEP okay. two step. So UTEP in this references the University of Texas El Paso Miners basketball team. And the UTEP two-step was And they a, bomb all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's what people call it when sports lose. It's bombing. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the, the, the renowned NBA player Tim Hardaway, who played for the Golden State Warriors in the 90s and the Miami Heat in the 90s and early 2000s, had a killer crossover move that he would use to, uh, to shake defenders called the UTEP two-step. So that's, that's what the UTEP two-step is. Great job. You're both getting one point. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we got the sports question out of the way early here. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's it, too. That's the only one. So you're, you're, you're doing great. <laughs> this is good. This is good. Okay. Eric, it's time for round number two. Do you have a vague idea about Archie versus Sharknado? Archie versus Sharknado. I... I am unfamiliar with Archie versus Sharknado, but I know that Archie comics have had like really crazy crossovers. Like my understanding is there's an Archie versus Punisher crossover, mm -hmm. which is like, I can't think of two diametrically opposed comic strips, comic characters than, than Archie and, um, and the Punisher. Um, but it doesn't <laughs> surprise me that there were, might actually be a Sharknado comic strip of Archie given those weird existing crossovers. I, I could envision Proud Boys both using Archie and the Punisher as emblems, though. So I think that's maybe the common ground with those two. I mean, yeah, like oh. 50s white Americana, uh, you know, that's yeah. right up their, their alley, right? Archie's frequently wearing button-up short sleeve shirts with prints on him, um, you know. And, and he thinks that he's really got a shot with two of the hottest girls in the entire town, which is, I think, <laughs> like, proud boy across the board, right? But he's really an incel, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Archie I'm V. Feminism a... is the more accurate crossover, I suppose. <laughs> Uh, Getting Jason. a mental image of the uh, Punisher skull with the big poofy curly hair. Yeah, there's just like <laughs> an orange cloth atop the Punisher skull. So yeah, Jason, yes. Archie versus Sharknado. What do you got for me? Uh, I'm also familiar with uh, Archie's uh, run of uh, crossovers recently, but it's uh, kind of a funny thing because they actually try to add some legitimacy to their brand not long before they went all in on constant crossovers. They hired a bunch of great writers and artists and, and uh, actually had good readable comics for a stretch and maybe there wasn't enough money in it. And they just decided, ah, fuck it. We're just going <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. we're just going to do zombies and infinite crossovers. And uh, it probably was more profitable. Um, but no, I did not see the Sharknado. I uh, might have to look for it. If I can find uh, any image of Archie 
chainsawing through a shark, I, I, I go for it. Right. I'm into that's, it. That's a good crossover <laughs> for SpongeBob. Sharknado and SpongeBob. Put that together. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. So I mean, this is you're both you're both correct. It is. It's part of a long line of Archie crossovers. There's Archie versus Predator also, which is a pretty interesting one. I read that. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> It's not good, but it's also not bad. Well, and that's the thing, right? Is I think that I think that we're in this weird zone with comic books now, where there's a there's a real service channel for just like fan servicey Michigas, right? It's just like utter yeah. and complete chaos, and people like it. I mean, mm-hmm. I I've read some of the some of the kind of Marvel um, so and so kills the Marvel universe ones. Oh which yeah, I think on one hand are brilliant, but they also make me feel kind of sick to my stomach when I read them because I'm just like, Ugh, I don't really want to see the Punisher kill Spider Man. Like this is right. miserable, <laughs> and it's you know, it is it is rough stuff. Um, yeah. In Archie versus Sharknado, Betty and Veronica accompany Mr. Lodge to Washington when a Sharknado hits. Mr. Lodge is killed, but the girls manage to survive and make their way back home. And then Cheryl invites Archie and his friends onto her boat, where they get attacked by yet more sharks. Because, of course, what you think of in the middle of a Sharknado is, let's get out on the water. <laughs> We're not going to close that beach. No. Oh, man. It's, the, it's our best weekend, financially. See, this ties to what Jason said about the whole capitalism endeavor of this. Like... I always I liked Archie comics when I was when I was younger and I had a fair like stack of them because, you know, you'd find them at garage sales and stuff like people would just have them. Or I, I got given a, a bunch of them where the covers were ripped off, but it was still completely readable. And they were always kind of good. Like it was just, you know, it's just pretty bare bones storytelling with not, you know, no major conflicts. And it's not like sweeping dramatic or, or action packed or anything. So it would be interesting. I haven't read any of these newer Archies where, you know, the writing is good. And the art's really good, but uh, you know you got the yeah. Riverdale thing going on right now, so who knows? Yeah, my only real connection to Archie comics is for some reason my grandfather had an Archie comic coloring book when I was a kid. So I went to when I would be at his house, I would color Archie comics coloring books, which is like who? Where did this come from? Why? Why did it exist in this household? <laughs> That's the that is honestly the beauty of grandparents' houses, though, because my grandparents had the weirdest sort of menagerie of toys for all of us grandkids to play with when we went there. I knew a woman who was uh, who had an Archie problem. Uh, so I worked in uh, Walden Books for a number of years, and one of our weekly customers was a woman who would grab every single issue, and and Archie, you know, they've always produced just tons of books you know yeah every month and so she had to have every single one of them but she did not have the money for it and she ran up all these credit cards you would run through a dozen credit cards to get one that would have enough space for her archie collection wow and uh what yeah. a weird and, thing yeah it was it took me completely off guard and uh yeah that and it was she was probably in her 50s, I would assume, and did okay. not look the type at all. She looked like she'd walked, she looked like she'd work at a, uh, a dive bar or concert venue or something, kind of a, a tough biker image of, a, and then, but had this thing for Archie Comics. And yeah, it's, that's <laughs> wild. I, I assume she's like, planning on it like beanie babying so we're we're in cryptocurrency now but in about 10 years <laughs> that and regular money will collapse and it will just be archie comics and, and this lady is loaded <laughs> well it sounds like she's an archie's completionist so you know it's like it's the full set it's the yeah the entire, you know, the, the, yeah. the archie unified universe or whatever <laughs> <laughs> I think I you need a the entire literal library. <laughs> you need rooms to house all those books. Oh yeah, the complete, the complete works of Archie. If if you're listening to the show, ma'am, please uh, tweet at me at Nate Rigoli on Twitter, and let's let's just talk. I think it'd be interesting. To bring you on, see how your Archie collection's going. Uh, great job on Archie versus Sharknado. You're both getting one point. And, uh, and now it's time to play our first game. <laughs> We're going to play crossover utility vehicle or not. You're each going to have uh, two questions and I'm going to name a make and model of vehicle. And it may or may not be a crossover utility vehicle. 
and you just have to tell me yes or no. Is it is it a real thing or did I make it up? So, Jason, we're going to start with you. All Number right. one, the Ford Flex. Yeah, that sounds like a thing. I like alliteration. <laughs> yeah, good. Very good. It is. It's a real uh, boxy looking little like jacked station wagon minivan amalgamation from beyond uh <laughs> the abysses of hell uh so great work uh eric number two the amc eagle oh yeah that's like the the world's original <laughs> yeah yeah uh, a, a jacked up four by four station wagon yeah that <laughs> they're kind of have this like retro charm to them now they're pretty sweet oh yeah you I can knew. get them with like the faux wood you know paneling on the side yeah, they had that. They had that like uh, they had that woody wagon sort of faux paneling and stuff. And yeah, I, that, there was a girl I knew in high school who, uh, hey, you know, because you're both artists, it was in an art class that I knew this, this particular person. But she had she had an AMC Eagle, and that was like her her car to drive to school. And it was like, whoa, it's, it is. It was it was retro in the in the late '90s, um, and and a beefy vehicle for for dealing with the snow and everything. So quality stuff. Great job. Uh, Jason, the Peugeot Sourivite. Ooh. Uh, I'm going to say no. Just That's, uh, that's yeah, correct. Good job. Yeah, I made that <laughs> one up. Sourivite, a Francais, means uh, quick mouse. And ah, uh, ah. so the Peugeot quick mouse is not a car. <laughs> Thought it was a soup or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it can be. I guess if the mouse isn't quick enough, it becomes a soup. Yeah. That was the plot of Ratatouille, right? Yeah. If I can name a French uh, CUV off the top of my head, do I get a point for that? Um, yeah, you know what? If you can, I will give you a point. Absolutely. There's a really bizarre one called a Citroen uh, Cactus that has these, like, the, the first generation of it has these, like, padded panels on the doors. They're, like, looks like a giant wrap almost yeah oh wow i'm looking at it i'm looking at it right now look at this thing look at that oh wow yeah it does it, it has like it has like crash pads on the doors <laughs> so i guess if you're insane enough to buy it you can bonk into the door without hurting yourself uh yeah great so eric you're gonna get a bonus point there and you have a you have a question still uh the volkswagen risender Rysender. I'm going to say no. That doesn't sound real. It's it's not real. Although the word Rysender is real, <laughs> and it means traveler in German. Uh, so, hey, Volkswagen, if you want to pay me for that name, tweet at Nate <laughs> So, great job. Three points for Eric. Two points for Jason. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, dude. Hey, Eric's breaking away. Uh, we're jumping into round number three. Eric, do you have a vague idea about being or getting crossfaded. Okay. So what I understand about crossfading is like when you're say editing video or audio, when you have a transition between two segments of I think usually it's the audio that you consider crossfaded, they overlap a little bit. And so you have sort of two tracks sort of simultaneously playing as you you transition from one track to the next track. That's what I understand as crossfading. All right. That's solid. That's solid. Jason, being or I getting like, crossfaded. I like Eric's answer, but I'm going to go with uh, getting two different kinds of fucked up. So getting <laughs> drunk and on probably pills. People who would say crossfaded would probably have, uh, eat pills for fun. It's not something I've ever done. I don't get it. But <laughs> yeah, pills aren't that's pills aren't I'm, a good time. No, uh, but fogey like me might say weed and booze, but I don't think that's crossfaded enough for people who would use a term like crossfaded for any reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going with. Yeah, yeah. You know what, Jason? You're absolutely correct. Yeah, and uh, and and <laughs> honestly, I think I think you can use it for weed and booze because that's kind of fun. Like, oh, I'm getting crossfaded, <laughs> man, because I'm gonna have a cozy <laughs> night at home where I smoke a joint and drink two beers. <laughs> gonna be a grown up in a state where it's legal. 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, being or getting crossfaded does mean being two types of intoxicated at the same time. Though, Eric, Ray. you're not incorrect that it is like a crossfade to uh, lay one section into another. It's a transition in audio and in film. So I've got to say my answer is a much less exciting answer than Jason's. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the yeah, important which one thing, would you rather do? <laughs> the important thing is the listener got a, a taste of both options. And I think, honestly, anybody who's crossfading audio or video is probably also crossfading at the same time. <laughs> because as a person who edits his own podcast frequently, it's not the most exciting job to do, but you have to do it. Uh, so, Jason, I'm going to give you two points. Eric, one point. And in case you're, uh, you're paying attention, that means you're tied now. It's seven points each. exciting (laughs) and eric for round number four do you have a vague idea about crossing over with john edward jason apparently does (laughs) i mean uh, i think i do (laughs) like the only john edward i know is actually john edwards who is the disgraced democratic presidential candidate and um I'm like cheating on your wife some... while she's dying of cancer. Yeah, he crossed over <laughs> some lines, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's the best I've got. I'm sorry. No, hey, that's that's good. That's good. All right, Jason. I, I could be wrong because now that I think about it, I think it was uh, a woman who is responsible for the thing I'm thinking of. But I uh, thought it was a, uh, an, a book author who uh, was famous for writing about connecting to uh, loved ones who had already passed and it was a uh, crossing over to heaven or whatever to or hell to talk to you. <laughs> you're not, look, you're not incorrect. That's the thing. Um, uh, crossing over John Edward was one of those uh, kind of afternoon syndicated television shows where John Edward, a medium slash cold reader uh-huh. would pick people out of the audience and then be like, um, I'm getting the feeling that someone here has lost a family member and then wait for somebody to twitch and then go, Oh, <laughs> and that family member is probably male and his name began with J and then you just kind of read everybody and wait until they, they step up and then he would give them a psychic reading on television. Uh, but I, I believe at the time he was even frequently confused with John Edwards, the Democratic politician, who uh, in this window of time was a rising star in the party. And many people thought <laughs> that because uh, he he was uh, he ran he was John Kerry's running mate, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Kerry Edwards. And then he was he also uh, attempted a run, I think, during the 2008 DNC. And that was when he was disgraced and he had to drop mm. out somewhere in the late stages. Uh, but, Do you think that might have gotten him any? Uh like accidental followers, like, man, the vice president's a psychic. (laughs) (laughs) That, honestly, (laughs) right now, definitely. (laughs) If if Mike Pence had been a psychic, I bet way more popular, just generally speaking. I like like to imagine that Mike Pence's next career move is a television medium sort of program. (laughs) Well, he's certainly not going to be a television large because... So yeah, uh, great job. I'm going to give Jason two points and Eric one point. Uh, you know, I was thinking about this. So there was a show that uh, that Mike McElroy and I used to watch all the time called Ghost Whisperer, which was about <laughs> ghosts not crossing over and Jennifer Love Hewitt talking to them because she could see the ghosts. Yes. And no one else could. <laughs> and that was a uh, that was an every Friday night appointment for me and Mike was getting together to watch that show. Uh, I love that our, someone. Twenties. Uh, I love that someone uh, was jumping on the dog whisperer phenomenon with ghosts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> Caesar Milan is you can whisper to dogs. <laughs> I can whisper what if ghosts. it was a ghost dog whisperer? <laughs> Oh, Wait, so that means they made. so that means they talk to uh they talk to Ghost Dog from the Jim Jarmish movie. <laughs> yes. Yes, deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> Who, I mean, honestly, what? Like Mike Tyson ripped off Ghost Dog, right? Because Mike Tyson keeps pigeons, and that's what Ghost Dog did. Oh yeah. The whole thing. We live we live <laughs> in a simulation. It's pretty obvious. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, great job. Two points for Jason, one point for Eric. 
Okay, and now we're gonna jump into our second game. It's time to play Fuck, Mary, Kill. All right. <laughs> it's crossover music edition. So this week for Fuck, Mary, Kill, you both have a choice between the following genres of music: operatic pop, Christian rock, and jazz fusion. So Eric, which one of these genres are you gonna fuck? Which one will you marry? And which one will you kill? Give me the categories again. I got to write these down. They're too complex for me. Oh, yeah. So there's operatic pop, Christian rock, and jazz fusion. Wow. Well, um, I'm not a Christian rocks kind of guy, so that's going to be a kill. Um, that's the easy one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, man, neither of these other options are real great either. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm not even quite sure. Can you... Can I can I ask for supporting information? Like, can you give me an example of operatic pop? I mean, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, so operatic pop would include like rock operas, uh, so like Queen's uh, Night at the Opera, or even even sort of Tommy by the Who would be sort of operatic pop. You're going for a, a narrative within within a popular genre, um, but it can also be you know uh, one of the you know, three tenors singing a song that just happens to hit those those billboard charts. Um, but there's also like the Decemberist record, uh, Hazards of Love. That's sort of operatic pop. And, and give me give me some jazz fusion to. Uh... So jazz fusion would be like uh, Bitches Brew by Miles Davis. Lots of uh, there's or a lot Steely of Steely Dan or something. Yeah, Steely, <laughs> Steely Dan is technically a jazz fusion. Yeah. I mean, what jazz fusion usually takes the form of jazz that has sort of rock elements. So you would get like some sort of guitar riff played uh, and not in more in a traditional sort of jazz measure, but more in the voice of of a rock band. Okay, I'm I'm going to I'm going to go committed and long term with with operatic pop. I, I, I can see myself with Queen a little, you know, more more uh, committedly than. Um, jazz fusion so you know jazz fusion fun for an evening you know we're gonna enjoy ourselves but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna fuck jazz fusion and uh, <laughs> yeah i i think that's absolutely good and and jazz fusion is gonna have like all of the party stuff that you need it's gonna have the <laughs> drugs it's gonna have you're gonna this this is going to be a very long night possibly six or seven days long but you're gonna have a really nice time jason who are you going to fuck? Yeah, who are you going to marry? Who are you going to kill? Well, your last uh, description there is exactly why I will go for the long haul with the jazz fusion. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's always changing. So like a regular relationship, yeah. it's never going to be the it, same. It will always be fresh. Might might not be good. <laughs> but it will be interesting. You won't be bored. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, I'll have a fling with some operatic pop that, uh, yeah, that sounds like a good time. And uh, then uh, naturally I would murder the shit out of uh, the Christian rock. <laughs> All right. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> Christian rocks redeeming moments, I guess, are like maybe some of the late nineties Christian rock. You're, you're, I, I, uh, I can't think of any of them. I mean, basically, right. like it's it's Amy Grant's "Baby, Baby" is like the most oh, popular. We have like, a Christian crossover. I just thought of. We have a crossover within two of our three here: uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, oh, uh, operatic rock, and operatic which, which Christian is rock. Probably the best Christian rock I can think of, if one is to place it in there. But I think most people who would listen to Christian rock would probably get angry about Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he a wasn't a superstar a little too much feeling in that one yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't care about people he cared about me making more money yeah <laughs> classic classic jesus right uh, yeah, right <laughs> <laughs> yeah great job you were both absolutely correct and you both get two points <laughs> all right and now for the makers of pomme ou pomme de terre it's la chose Francais arbitraire. That's the arbitrary French thing. And the only thing that's French about <laughs> it is the name. So there was a fly in the telepod, which resulted in Seth Brundle turning into a sugar-hungry monster. What would you want your DNA mixed with 
in a teleportation accident and why. Okay, so it's got to be a living thing because it's got to have DNA. Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's, yeah, it probably has to be. A for that to <laughs> We're not just like some mashup. I mean, I can't be like a Transformer, right? Well, can't hey, be a, look, a bar Transformers probably have DNA because they definitely aren't actually cars. So they're made of oh, some yeah. sort of metallic flesh entity. Yes, I, I heard this conversation on a recent episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, some podcast I listened to, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what, what kind of show would dedicate time to such nonsense? I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like in that sort of superhero vein. Like I'm going to go into a, um, you know, some ill-fated scientific experiment and come out like some animal-themed superhero. I feel like pangolins don't get enough love. <laughs> okay, okay. And I would like to see a pangolin-themed superhero with their scaly, armored exterior. Um, so I'm going to go with pangolin just because I don't have a better um, option and there's not enough pangolins in um, pop culture. So that's that's my choice. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, I, I don't know exactly what pangolins eat. They're yeah. nocturnal, though. So you basically Batman. Yeah, that's and, great. And, that's you know, they're, they're sort of, um, you know, there's a, a black market trade in pangolins um, in East Asia. So I feel like, you know, the theme could be the sort of environmentalism theme to stop uh, illicit trade in endangered species. You know, <laughs> it's in the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's great. And, and no, maybe no wet markets, you know, we got to stop those wet markets. It's <laughs> got to dry those markets out. <laughs> I like it. Your, your, your superhero name could be then Mangolin. Cause you'd be a man. <laughs> the pangolin. Oh no, the Mangolin is here. Put down those Ibexes that we've <laughs> illegally harvested. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Jason. What are you gonna What are you gonna mix yeah, your DNA yeah. with in a teleportation accident? Uh, I, I'm gonna go with a wasp for a weird reason. I have a uh, very severe allergy to uh, being stung by wasps, so uh, I see it as some kind of way to uh, rule them. So <laughs> I would naturally uh, becoming half wasp or whatever three quarter wasp, I would be their king i assume <laughs> be much larger than them and have some kind of like hive master vibe going right so uh yeah that probably a super villain to the mangolin uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> come yeah, along you would, and you would and be going sting various uh things at the wet market to uh turn them into also dangerous wasp creature things you yes. could be those wasps that do the mind control thing to the ants. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. the, uh, the fungus yeah. uh, wasps, right? So you could do yeah. that. You could control an army. Also, you can <laughs> totally like, you basically, your, your alter ego is just Jason now basically lives at country clubs in Connecticut because you're a wasp. <laughs> <laughs> but what if you just end up being allergic to yourself? <laughs> I could deal with that. It's not far off from now. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I do, wasps are nice because you, you're you going to build a pretty nice, like, house, right? So you're going to oh, have yeah, sort of a sweet. nice uh, mud like 200 dome. rooms. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so many compartments and uh, in all natural materials. Yeah. Mostly yeah, just stuff like you those, chew uh, up and vomit. you like one of those uh, Tokyo hotels or whatever that, or maybe they're apartments where, yeah, where they're pretty much just room for a very slender bed. Yeah, you're just but, talking about yeah. all housing in Denver now. <laughs> well, it's like that episode of uh, King of the Hill where they go to Japan and meet meet Hank's half-brother. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And they stay in the pod <laughs> hotel, but they find out at the end there's like a rolling screen that reveals a whole hotel room. And it's a suite, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that show is so good just, just for it teaching is. us about curiosity, if nothing else. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. Uh, I have yeah. a SpongeBob crossover coming. I've, I've had the request from multiple people to do a King of the Hill SpongeBob. So it's it's 
It's in the queue. It's coming. <laughs> I feel, I feel I like, like for our listeners, like SpongeBob has come up a couple of times now in relation to Jason, and like nobody's <laughs> gonna know what the hell's going on. Yeah, Jason, why don't you spend five minutes and talk about these SpongeBob crossover projects? <laughs> yeah, follow me on Instagram at four hundred francs. <laughs> I uh, so my six-year-old twins uh, love SpongeBob SquarePants, as do I, and uh, they over time have. Uh, started to mash up drawings with other favorite characters and i have gotten in on the fun and uh now on my weekends i spend an hour or two and do a a nice rendering of uh spongebob with popular characters whether he-man or last night was uh robin hood from disney um yeah so i i do my best to make it look like spongebob and patrick are uh, pretty much cosplaying whatever uh, the the other thing is. So <laughs> yeah, and they're, <laughs> or, or and they're try to get good. Real they're, they're real really good. good. Yeah. Thank you. They were really Thank good. I, I dug the Scooby and Shaggy uh, one. Yeah, that one was one of my favorites. And and the funny thing about that one is uh, I hated it when it was in pencil. And that and that's often true with some of my favorites is that the the more grueling the pencil drawing is, the better it seems to turn out when i get it to ink and color uh because i just have to fight with it and then it's more rewarding <laughs> when, it, yeah. when it's finished and it works <laughs> yeah, that's right i mean it, it, perseverance in art is a big deal and i think it's one of the things yeah. that most of us uh forget because you know you tend to see someone who's really like good at art and you look at their work and you go, wow, shit, I could never do that. And it's like, well, no, they can do that because they've, they've done that like 40 times. And this is the 40th version. And it finally <laughs> yeah. looks yeah. this good. And then after they've done it 40 times, they just codify what the thing is, yeah. right? I mean, that's the thing that blows me away about like animation and stuff is you just have, you know, you eventually just have a template. And then people just draw to the template, which is way easier than thinking of it in the moment and being creative. Like nobody's nobody's drawing a comic book and going like okay well uh this frame's good oh i screwed that frame up but never mind i'll leave it like they're like no i can i'm gonna keep (laughs) working on this until it works (laughs) yeah when i first started doing it i i had to have a reference for spongebob and patrick uh and now i just need reference for whatever i'm mashing up with them i've become pretty second nature just to to draw their faces and that yeah. part goes very quick so <laughs> yeah and, and, it, and it legit shows like they they look <laughs> they they are such beautiful meldings of these concepts <laughs> and it is it's so much fun so much fun when they pop up <laughs> well thank you <laughs> and you and, and then you know you can have an entire like gallery room in your house that that just have these <laughs> yeah. on the walls and yeah. uh to the light of your kids and yeah. eventually and, paying customers <laughs> yeah the SpongeBob guy's dead, so I think you can get away with it. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I did Wonder Woman uh, drawings and uh, tried to. I had some requests to to put them on T-shirts and bags. And things, I asked and, you to uh, do that. Yeah, 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 that's right. And uh, yeah, it was only. I think I had three sales before uh, Redbubble's or Universal Studios uh, lawyers through Redbubble contacted me to knock it off. So, which is so. Yeah lame because it's not like you didn't you weren't even drawing wonder woman you were drawing no. other like f- prominent women as wonder woman yeah it's, as subtly as just having the headband on and it's like come on yeah i don't know uh, and the thing is the, those sites Redbubble and uh the like are pretty much all just pop culture mashups that's what sells so it's yeah. like, how are how is everyone else on this getting away with it <laughs> no for sure it, yeah well that yeah. and and here's the thing right like the gop keeps ripping off nazis and germany's not suing them <laughs> so i don't get what the fucking deal is <laughs> oh can we petition germany to sue them? <laughs> honestly i it, it seems like the best option right now <laughs> Dear Germany, please sue for intellectual property. That is our idea. Yeah, yeah. That was our mistake. You can't have it. You may not appropriate our evil without paying us a hefty, hefty fee. Yeah. And you know they won't do it because they'll be like, oh, fine, I guess we'll come up with our own thing. And then it's just going to be like a picture of a butt. Um, yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. 
Great job. <laughs> Unless Joseph Francais arbitraire, two points each. So, so is there a the- uh, is there an audio clip when you award points like cash rolling in? There, there will be <laughs> there will be the sound of a bing. There will be a noise. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I, I, I do I do some post production. Don't you worry. It's gonna be real good. It's so so here's the deal uh jason right now you are in the lead with 13 points eric has 12 and we're going into the final topic oh (laughs) (laughs) that was that was more reaction than i expected but i'm very happy with it i'm very happy with it uh no as all listeners of this podcast know As everybody who listens to this podcast knows, uh, this is literally for all the marbles because the winner receives uh, cash on delivery, 7,500 pounds of brand new marbles forged from glass, <laughs> served in a sack delivered by a dump truck. You can't you can't resist it. You have to pay for them. And uh, they become a pox <laughs> upon your house. But it's it's all it's all about winning this show. It's it's can, the good can stuff. Can you send my um, care of uh into the wind um <laughs> on street boulder uh. yeah yeah I, i'm they'll they've got they've got those marbles and it'll make inventory yeah. day a lot of fun for everyone involved <laughs> uh, oh man it's like counting little pigs you know seems like yesterday yeah. <laughs> you guys remember counting little pigs i remember oh, counting little pigs do i ever that was those were the times deliveries <laughs> Oh, I remember sorting them out. There was a number of hooligans who would come in just to stir up all the tiny little toys together, <laughs> knowing, I'm sure, I'm sure they were like hiding just outside of the building, looking in through the glass, watching us sort them out miserably, <laughs> giggling to themselves. <laughs> Which is wild because that's a crossover. You had all those separate animals and they mixed them together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I should have appreciated it. <laughs> oh man! I mean, into the wind crossovers. <laughs> Remember the the elastic duck bills, and we oh, like yeah. stick yeah. the duck bills on the otter puppets. So we had. Plastic. Oh God, yeah. Oh, we had so many pictures of all the various ways we've dressed things up, and I I I've shown the kids recently, and I very quickly realized how morbid some of those were and had to, had to stop and edit the slideshow before I went on. <laughs> now, so yeah, you understand, fun. kids, dad was was kind of bummed out at this period of time. So... Uh... We made one little pool of blood yeah. out of marker and boy, did it see some action. <laughs> 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 oh, toys. What a time. <laughs> All right. So we're, we're jumping in. Final topic. Eric, do you have a vague idea about Marvel versus Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes? All right. Um, Marvel versus Capcom 2 is one in a series of Marvel versus Capcom fighting games, which would feature our favorite um, Capcom characters, primarily from the Street Fighter series, but others including, um, what was the, the one with the monsters? Uh, man, I don't remember the name of that series. Dark Stalkers. Dark Stalkers, yes, yes. Um, I'm not sure if, if uh, number two included, you know, some of the later crossover games included like uh, characters from, um, oh God, now I'm forgetting the name of these game series, the, the Capcom <laughs> series. Um, Resident yeah. Evil. Yeah, Resident Evil, thank you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have all these Capcom characters fighting Marvel characters, so you get, you know, Magneto and Spider-Man and um, uh, Juggernaut and Wolverine, and it was all sorts of exciting to hammer those together. And the really cool thing about the Capcom versus Marvel games is because the Marvel characters had these sort of, you know, major jump and aerial sort of moves, the game tiered up a lot compared to sort of a traditional Capcom fighting game. So um, you had a more of an element of vertical fighting as well as the sort of back and forth across the screen. Massive combo systems. It was a pretty spectacular game. Yeah. Hot damn. Well done. Well done. Jason, anything yeah. to add about Marvel versus no. Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes? I tried to play uh, uh, 
I'm not sure which volume of it, but uh, one of them when it was still 2D, uh, mm-hmm. so maybe it was two. But it uh, probably would have been two. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I felt seconds away from a seizure at all times. It was just <laughs> like <laughs> a wild blast of color, and I did not know what was happening. <laughs> But I loved it. It was pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, those uh... were uh, those were just mind blowing as a kid. You know, having those properties come together. Um, yeah, it was a bit of a fantasy fulfillment. And as an adult, I actually picked up. I think it's volume four now that they mm-hmm. that that they done, and uh, not quite as rewarding as it was when, as a child. But uh, yeah, there's still. Keeping the magic alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite, which is the most recent one, is not yeah. good. It, no. Like, the art's it's... bad, and the the play is fine. Like, it's not a bad playing game, but, like, I, I bought all into it. I love this series of games. So I bought yeah. all into yeah. it. Like, I pre-ordered everything. And so I just have, like, a game that is very robust that I do not really like to play. Yeah. Um, when did first... games become a... Uh such an i like I, they've always been expensive but it used to be and i'm gonna sound here's my old man moment like <laughs> when i was young when you bought a game you could play the game and open the characters and you didn't have to spend any more goddamn money but now if you want the extra characters you gotta pay for them <laughs> like, i want I this old that. i want this old guy on the show more <laughs> i need to get we need to bring old guy onto the show no i i'm with you 100 right i bought so marvel vs. capcom infinite i bought i think for 70 dollars, and then yeah I, got, I probably have paid another 50 to 60 dollars for costumes mm. and additional characters they only ended yeah. up adding four four to six characters maybe so it's like the smallest roster that the series has ever had, save for the <laughs> original Marvel versus Capcom in the arcade that had like 12 total. Um, yeah. So it's tiny roster. The art is hideous. Like it, it's so, it's so like, uh, what is it? Rob Blofeld? How do you say his name? Oh, Rob Liefeld? Yeah. Liefeld, yeah. <laughs> Not the, man the Bond who, villain. The man uh, who can't draw hands or feet and somehow got <laughs> made it. Like, actually, can't draw any of the any anatomy correctly but he couldn't if you look at most of his famous work play a little game like where's waldo and look for the hands and feet and you'll (laughs) notice that they are usually blocked by you're obscured by a a massive gun or a word bubble or whatever (laughs) or or comically outlandish breasts which is another thing he's great at um yeah like all the captain america yeah (laughs) It's it's true. There it's there true. is a meme that goes around where it's like how Captain America would oh. legit like fall over because he's he's like six feet thick at the mm-hmm. at the middle of his chest. It's ugh, it's terrible. My my own <laughs> favorite mashup that I've drawn or my own favorite crossover that I've done is I did a portrait of Trump, which I imagined as his uh you know his presidential portrait after he's gone, uh in the style of Rob Liefeld's uh, famous memed captain america uh so yeah look it up at 400 francs on instagram (laughs) (laughs) well and and definitely no hands in anything that trump's got either no no don't want to cross that bridge uh but yeah yeah Yeah. this game series is phenomenal uh marvel vs. capcom 2 is the one where they really like open the roster up there's like 60 playable characters you got your ryus and your kens and even Dan from the Street Fighter series is in it, who is like the third tier Ryu knockoff, who's supposed to be a commentary <laughs> on people who didn't like the way that Ken and Ryu were balanced. So like the the designers were like, okay, well, cool. We'll make a we'll make a Ken and Ryu guy who's who's wears pink. And every time you do like a fireball motion, he just signs an autographed picture of himself and throws it slowly <laughs> across the screen. Uh <laughs> But that game's also <laughs> remarkable because it starts this thing where fighting games now have a team of three that you have on each side. And all three, when you build up that super meter enough, jump in to do one massive super attack as they all throw everything they've got at the other side. <laughs> and you just have these very dramatic uh, hyper combo finishes. It's so cool. Um, yeah, I just, I, I love it. What, yeah. what I remember about being so cool about that game, like in the, the original arcade versions was like, Characters like the Sentinel and Juggernaut were just like 
massive characters in yeah. a size like you never saw in a game before. It was just sort of yeah. outstanding. Yeah, Sentinel was so big in two, especially where it was just like, mm. oh wow, he he's literally like topping out at the top edge of the TV screen. <laughs> and everybody else is down here. And you're like, oh, Captain America's pretty big. Oh, no, he's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just, I, I have it, another um I, I wanted to share this is a stupid uh Street Fighter trivia that I came across recently that was like, oh my god, this realization. Um so I, I've been watching like Screen Crush and whatever these various uh, YouTube channels that sort of go back and review old movies and stuff. And, um, I hadn't thought about the like mid to late 90s Street Fighter movie in probably 20 years. Yeah. Um, when they, they, covered that, <laughs> they covered that movie and it's really bad. Like the only actor, only two actors in that movie that I you know knew at the time were Raul Julia from the Adams Family movies, you know, because I'm mm-hmm. a kid. Oh, yeah. And of course, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme. But <laughs> come, to, come to realize now, in hindsight, the woman, the actor who played Chun, Chun Li is Ming-Na Wen, who's been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and The Mandalorian. And it's like, holy crap, she's been like in the movie industry all this time underneath our noses. Um, <laughs> I don't know that her performance was that great in that movie, but (laughs) (laughs) that movie is one where it's like, you can't really have a good performance because Raul Julia's Julia's giving it everything he's got. And this movie kills him literally. Like it is the reason he dies. Um, But he still, he has that, that fantastic Uh, line where he's like, Oh, you know, for you, the day that M Bison visited your village was, was a uh, a life-changing event but for me it was a tuesday yeah <laughs> which i mean you know a, a broken clock uh, <laughs> but yeah that oh man and they made and they made a game based off of that movie oh yeah and it was i don't like, know yeah they were they were on the bandwagon of, of mortal Kombat of the like motion capture oh it was terrible it was so i don't think i ever saw that yeah, yeah, yeah. They did an arcade version, so it was like, okay, we're gonna mocap Jean Claude Van Damme. Although they couldn't get him because he was doing cocaine at the time, so He's they were too like, fast. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get someone who kind of looks like him. But, but yeah, that game was like brutally terrible. And because they they couldn't actually work with Capcom because of conflicts around licensing, none of the controls were the same as the regular Street Fighter game. So anything you knew about how to like do a sonic boom on Street Fighter, not applicable in this game. Mm. We have to do like a a weird different motion because we don't want to get sued. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's a wild thing. Uh, (laughs) uh, Great job on Marvel vs. Capcom 2, New Age of Heroes. Eric, I'm gonna give you three points. And Jason, I'm gonna give you two points. That means... (laughs) That we are suffering through what uh, people in Europe suffer through all the time because it's a tie. Soccer, oh. soccer reference, football. <laughs> um, but ties are good. And What's so, a sport? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I said, I said no more sports questions, and then I bring sports up again. Like a, I don't know. Like I, I appreciate soccer's dedication to a clock. Yeah, you go into a soccer game, and you know it's 90 minutes. They may add two minutes here for some yellow card or something whatever i mean <laughs> but it's like 90 minutes is done and pretty much that soccer game over it's a time fine all right great yeah you guys good job <laughs> it's a real it's a real like yeah it's a really advanced sort of european psychological exercise too to be like hey look if at the end of this we don't have a result hey guess what we've had philosophy for thousands of years we don't have results either so this is <laughs> just what this sport is i kind of like in uh in basketball how especially in the playoffs that they put everyone through you know an hour of miserable free throwing after you know like, yeah. a pretty exciting game that just kills everyone's buzz i yeah. love it <laughs> okay so you've enjoyed running around what if we stand still for the next hour and a half? Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy that tension. Uh, <laughs> uh, have, have either of you watched Ted Lasso? Mm, nope. No idea. Okay. What it is. 
It's on it's on Apple TV, so that's kind of the, the difficult thing is you have to <laughs> sign up for yet another streaming service. But um, it's a phenomenal show. Jason Sudeikis plays the titular character, Ted Lasso. He is an American college football coach who gets hired to run a middling Premier League team in England as kind of a like as kind of a joke. Like that's sort of the plot at the beginning is that it's he's being hired intentionally to make the team bad, but he's such an endearing, <laughs> optimistic and positive force that uh, yeah, it's a wonderful show. I recommend it. Hmm. Um, I had a lot of people recommend it to me. I couldn't get Apple TV because it wasn't on our Roku or the PlayStation. And then it just ended up being on there. Uh, so I just recently watched <laughs> it and it is, it's like if you've been feeling, you know, sad or depressed as a result <laughs> of, an entire year of being socially isolated <laughs> from people. This is a show that will really bring you back to life. It, it was wonderful. It was really good. So check it out um, one way or another. It's great. And I think Jason Sudeikis won a Golden Globe when when that happened. So that was kind of, that's that's a feather in, in his cap anyway. Uh, so yeah, gentlemen, it's a tie. So congratulations. You have both technically won this week's episode Woo! of A Vague Idea. <laughs> And uh, and what's more fitting for a show about crossovers than a crossover victory? You both <laughs> won the game. So, uh, Eric, is there anything that you would like to plug? Anything you want people to know about? Do, uh, not do, whatever. Um, I, I've got two things I think I'll share today. One, I, I'm just going to sort of give a shout out to sort of small arts venues and museums. Uh, I'm in the museum world and uh, fortunately, my institution has not been uh, as impacted by this pandemic as many others out there, especially sort of music and theater venues. Um, yeah. but I want to encourage people to sort of give some love uh, to their uh, small nonprofits, especially sort of arts venues and, and institutions. Um, and then your, your mention of Disney Plus reminded me of a documentary I watched recently um, that is kind of hard to find. Uh, occasionally, it crops up on YouTube. It's called The Sweat Box. Um, it is a documentary about the making of the Emperor's New Groove um, and the uh, the making of sausage of making an animated film at Disney um, and is yeah. not the most um, kind reflection on <laughs> maybe the <that> process. <laughs> um, and so Disney doesn't necessarily like it out there in the world. Um, but it's really fascinating look at just the complicated, complicated nature of making such a large, long project, the number of hands and creative minds involved, and the compromise that has to happen to come up with a product. Um, and arguably, I don't know, Emperor's New Groove is actually one of my favorite Disney movies. Um, so I, I think the end result maybe um, was one of the better things they came out of, out of compared to where they started, um, which was a very traditional Disney princess sort of movie. Um, but it is a really fascinating um, film if you can find it somewhere to watch. Right on. Yeah, that sounds very interesting because it, I mean, that also sort of aligns with, there's been a lot of kind of video game news lately about about kind of overworking developers, right? That they're always in crunch and people are like programming for 18 hours a day to get a game out, to get like a triple A AAA title out and how, and how problematic that is that somehow we're, you know, we're so hungry to consume new shit all the time that we're just going to torture people as much as possible so that there's always new shit, even though um, arguably the last year should have proven that we've got so much new, sh so much shit you haven't seen just lying around like content, they, content, content. Well, I, mean, I, I, you know, I, I think about that a lot. Like, there, 99.9% .9 of the stuff on Netflix alone, I have not watched. And yet, for whatever reason, like, we'll scroll through it every time and be like, I don't really want to watch <laughs> Which is not to say that it's bad. It's just like, yeah. but maybe at some point yeah, it's good. It's in your list for multiple years and you're like, it's in my yeah. list. I want, I'm going to leave it there. I, I think I want to see that. <laughs> yeah. Turns yeah. out I don't want to watch the things I want to watch. <laughs> well, because it's usually an issue of what, what, what Jenny and I run into is like, I want to watch that, but I don't really feel like it tonight. And yeah. that and that ball is so easy to keep kicking down the road that yeah. you're like, oh, hey, I'm, I guess I'm never going to watch. Like The Wire, never, I've never seen an episode <laughs> of The Wire. I really want to. I've been told I need to. 
And eventually, yeah. like literally, I'm almost past the point where it's going to make sense to watch it because it'll be like, oh, this is like, <laughs> this is weird and dated. I don't understand why. Anyway, <laughs> thank, thank you, Eric, so much for being on the show. Congratulations on your half victory. Um, Jason, anything you would like to plug? I'll just uh, add on to Eric's, uh, you know, supporting the arts and supporting your community. I, uh, as everyone knows, you know, it's terrible for small business. So take care of the small businesses in your community. And uh, if you have people involved in the arts, support them and uh, buy their things. David Burns, American Utopia on HBO Max is oh. like the closest thing to a concert I've experienced over the past year. <laughs> um, it's, it's really joyful. It's, it's quite good if you haven't seen it. The, uh, there's, there's the Beyonce video. Um, Black is King is the name of it. It's, like a, it's basically like a, a, an audio film. It's very, like, it's amazing the 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 cinematography on it and the music's really powerful too it is a sweeping like just um to call back to earlier in the show get a little yeah. crossfade and watch this it's gonna be a good time <laughs> uh, who i never expected to enjoy so much solange has a oh brilliant yeah. career beyonce's sister yeah if uh, if ever you tire on queen bay Give her sister a shot. <laughs> right on. Yeah, I, gotta, I gotta check that out. I've been like, I've been trying to trying to incorporate different music. I kind of, I kind of went oh, into a, a podcast only listening phase. So I've been just sure. picking up things here and there. Um, recently, Phoebe Bridgers has been the big discovery. Oh, where fantastic. I was just like, holy shit, she's amazing. Yes. So yes, at like at like eleven thirty the other night, I was just sitting up, couldn't sleep, and I was like, I'm just gonna order both of her records. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> so so Phoebe Bridgers, if you're listening, tweet at me at Nate Rigola. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's be friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's hang out because honestly, like I, I was telling you're you, you're lonely. Was, I'm lonely. She's amazing. She's such an amazing lyricist. Like she's everything yeah. that I would want to be where you're being witty and it's clever, but it's heartfelt. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing, there's nothing that feels cheap or, or, you know, smirking about it. It, it feels mm-hmm. so sincere and it's such just pristine observations, but, mm-hmm. but structured like, okay, I've kind of heard this type of song before, but I've never heard anybody write these words into it yeah, and deliver yeah. oh it's it's fantastic um what a what a what a treasure uh so yeah <laughs> hey thank you both so much uh, i'm gonna plug 400 francs for for jason right. again just because you gotta check that out <laughs> i i have a, a couple of your shirts i've got oh, yeah. my uh, thank you i've got my it's a living death shirt which is great <laughs> a lot of fun to wear during a, a global <laughs> uh death catastrophe <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah it's it's good stuff and i would have i would have bought uh, countless of those wonder woman thematic shirts had they had they been able to to stick out there but you know we got we got weird systems around around stuff you gotta be you gotta be just rich enough before you can make the money that's <laughs> yeah. how it is it, listeners if you like this show please subscribe rate and review us wherever you listen it really helps us out uh, especially if you're if you're using the itunes slash apple podcast you can just drop us some stars i don't care how many i mean be nice but you know whatever <laughs> whatever you feel like uh we also have a facebook group we got a facebook page for the entire vague idea podcast network so we have four podcasts that you can listen to this one we also have the hard pick mining company which covers the denver nuggets every week we have funky spunk which is our podcast about sex in the city <laughs> and we also have Roll for Blank, which is a Dungeons and Dragons actual play podcast that I DM and host, at least for this season, because uh, we're getting close to the end of this season, and then we're going to have some new games. It's going to be pretty cool. Um, so yeah, check those things out. And, uh, you know, if you like the theme song to our show, please check out Michael J. O'Connor's music on Bandcamp, michaeljoconnor.bandcamp.com. He has like 50 albums that he's written and, and performed, including a ska record that he put out last year uh, in early 2020 on a LARF. He wow. Just, wanted something to do and he put out a solid ska record that it's it's enjoyable uh so yeah uh, you know and otherwise we're almost we're almost to the end of this thing guys we got we finally got a single shot vaccine possibility so we're gonna be out of here soon so you just gotta keep (laughs) you gotta keep just doing the right thing even if your governor happens to be a person who thinks that you don't have to anymore because he (laughs) wants to kill you he wants you to die he's a bad person um not gonna be too direct about it but it's true right uh 
So thank you both, <laughs> Eric, Jason. Thank you so much again for being on the show yeah. this week. This is a blast. For having so yeah. good to see you. Uh, we, we great alumni of the of the kite store, surviving and thriving in our in our <laughs> new plants and uh, post and garden beds. <laughs> yeah, our post kite life. <laughs> we all we all have post kite life tattooed on our left forearms <laughs> to remind us of where we've been. Uh, <laughs> and we've all had a vague idea about crossovers this week, and that is a good thing because the devil is in the detail. Uh, bye bye. 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 A vague idea is written and produced by me, Nate Regolia, with Shannon Page, and sometimes John Peros. Information about topics often come from Wikipedia, so hey, why not donate a bit to that? Sound effects are Creative Commons Public Domain. If you like this podcast, tell a few people and subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you listen. And if you happen to like reading science fiction, check out the small press I started with my friend Sean Brokowski. You can find Spaceboy books at readspaceboy.com.